welcome. I missed you guys so much. I really did, and I've been praying for you as I've been gone, and some of you, you're newer to us. Uh, my name's Jeff. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Alive. I've been on sabbatical for the last seven weeks, and for some of you, you've been gone seven weeks anyway, and you've been worried what I would think about it, and the good news is, I didn't know. <laughs> so we're on the same page. Uh, just a real refreshing time uh, with the Lord for me. And uh, going to some other churches as well as just personal study. I've been praying for you. Uh, church online. I actually got to go to a home of a, a one couple who attends church online. And I attended church with them on the, the last communion Sunday. And it was such a great time just to see how God works through uh, the church online. And uh, people being a part of a live that way. Um, we have a great team, don't we? I didn't have to worry about anything. Our team is awesome. You guys, from the, from the pastors to all the volunteer staff, you guys are just unbelievable. Actually, the church grew so much while I was gone uh, that Mike said, would you please go more often? So uh, there you go. Uh, but that's great. That just says so much of our team, and I'm so thrilled. You know, we have such a, a, a deep bench when it comes to speaking. Our pastors just do a, a great job. I'm glad to be back with you guys. And again, uh, for some of you, I've never even met you yet. You've been coming here. I can't wait to meet you next weekend at, uh, as, at Discover Live. I hope that you'll come and be a part of that so we can connect. So we're starting a new series this weekend, and I'm really looking forward to this series as we've been preparing for it. And it's simply called this, Destination 356, from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Many of you may know this verse. But we're going to explore it over the next four weeks, some of the principles, in particular one principle that God gives us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and how to live it out. It's in your notes. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to dig into Proverbs 7 to begin this series. But let's read this together. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's read it out loud. You guys have missed reading out loud with me, right? Yeah. All right, here we go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. How many of you want to know which path to take in every area of your life? Man, I do. When it comes to my relationships, my finances, my spiritual journey, when it comes to every area of my life, my job, I want to know what path God has for me to take so that I arrive at the destination that he has for me. Now, some of you, when it comes to taking a journey, you are really good at getting lost. Anybody here? Yeah, you, anybody willing to admit it? There's not one man who's going to raise his hand, I'm telling you. <laughs> Wives, right now you're gone, honey. You never stop and ask for directions. You always think you know where you're going, but you're lost. You, you see, some of us, we get lost, and, and we don't even know we're lost. Here's what I'd love for you to do because we're going to talk about this today. If you would, take out your phones, text me. Those of you church online, you can Twitter me, Facebook me. You can just type it in the chat room there. But here's my question for you. What is your best story about being lost? We're going to dive into that. Now, ladies, some of you may want to text me the best story about your husband getting lost and not asking for directions, okay? So I'm coming home from my journey here the last few weeks. And as I get down, I came through Las Vegas, and I took some back rows, I get to I-10, and I have a decision to make. I want to come to Tucson, so I need to take I-10 east. Now, if I took I-10 west, where do I end up? 
L.A., yeah, I could have a fun day at Disneyland by myself, but I wanted to come home. You see, if I got on I-10 West and I said, my intentions are to get home to Tucson, what would you tell me to do? Turn around. Wrong direction, Jeff. In fact, my money would be on any of you who said you wanted to go to Tucson uh, from that point in the highway, and you got on I-10 West, and you said, I'm still, we're headed to Tucson. I'm betting every day of the week that you're going to end up in L.A. That just makes sense, doesn't it? And yet in life, so often we get on paths, we get on roads. God tells us there's a destination. And we have these intentions of going somewhere else. And then we're surprised when we arrive at the destination that that road leads to. So let's talk about this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and he will direct. He will lead you on the right path. He will show you what path to take so that we arrive at the destination he has for us. I put this in your notes, and I want you to get this more than anything this weekend. When it, uh, when it, uh, well, let's, let's talk about getting lost first. I forgot to fill in your blanks here because here, here's what I know about getting lost, and then we'll, we'll get to the one thing that I want to talk about. When it comes to getting lost, what I know about getting lost is, first of all, uh, we, when it, we, we don't get lost on purpose. Anybody ever choose to go on a journey and say, I'm just hoping to get lost? We don't do that, do we? None of us get lost on purpose. The same is true in life, in our journey of, of life. The second thing is, we never know exactly when it is that we get lost. You know, it's not like you turned off and got on the wrong road and you go, I'm lost. No, you're not lost yet. You still know you're on the wrong road. You go back and get it. But at some point, you're just driving along and you realize, I have no idea where I'm at. You're lost. You don't know exactly when it happens. The third thing about getting lost is, you always end up where the road that you're on leads you. So if you're lost and you're on the road, in fact, that's usually how you find out you're lost. You end up somewhere that you didn't intend to go, and you go, ah, we're lost. Or your wife's going, you're lost, right? We have this propensity to, to choose roads in our lives, to choose paths in our lives that don't lead to the destination that we want. And then we're surprised when we end up lost. We tend to not connect the dots between outcomes, the end result, where the road leads, and our choices. So here's the one thing I want you to get this weekend. I put it in your notes. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Would you say that with me? Direction, not intention, determines destination. One more time. Church Online, you read it with us out loud too. Direction, not intention, determines destination. I remember as a kid growing up, my grandma would always say, uh, the pathway to destruction is full of good intentions. Did you ever hear that? Some of you have heard maybe the pathway to hell is full of good intentions. I didn't mean to do that. Well, what, what, how did you get there then? Because you're on this road. You're headed in that direction. You're headed to L.A., and it doesn't matter how good your intentions are to get home to Tucson, if you're going westbound, I-10, you're going to end up in L.A. It's true in every area of our lives. Now, I want you to see this kind of lived out in real life. My brother-in-law is a pastor. I did get to spend about 10 days with him uh, on the Oregon coast. He's just a great guy, but he has the weirdest things happen to him. So I love his stories. I actually videoed a couple of them to use in series that I have coming up, 
And uh, here's one of them. He had the best of intentions, but he went the wrong direction. Watch this. I had an elderly man in my church that I got a call from one time uh, that had been taken to the hospital with a heart problem. And so I went into the emergency room to see him. His wife was very uh, old and frail and was at home with a daughter and couldn't go to the hospital. So I went to see him and I prayed with him and talked to him for a little while. And he was going to be transported to Eugene to have some heart procedures done. And he'd driven his, himself in his pickup to our hospital here in Florence, Oregon. And he asked me if I could get my wife to help me and to take his pickup home. And I said, sure, I'll be, I'd be glad to do that. And so he gave me the keys and he said, there's a white pickup sitting out in the parking lot. And so when I got ready to leave, I went out and I just walked out the door and there was this white parking, uh, pickup sitting in the parking lot. And so I got in and it was pretty messy in the front and I didn't, I didn't seem like him to, to do that. Uh, to have that messy of a truck, but I put the key in and started to ride up and took it to his house. And uh, I got to the door and, and his daughter answered the door and just uh, went and hit the garage door opener and I pulled the pickup into the garage and gave him the keys and left and didn't think anything else about it. About three weeks later at a Saturday morning men's uh, prayer breakfast, Bible study time, uh, a guy in our church who lived right next door to him said, told his story uh, about the, this pastor that went out and, and uh, got a guy's pickup and got the wrong pickup. And come to find out, uh, I took the wrong pickup, but the key started it. And so it was in this guy's garage for about five days. The guy came home from uh, the hospital in Eugene from having his heart procedure, and he comes in the garage and says, that's not my pickup. So he calls the police, and the police have, have had an all-points bulletin out for this pickup, that was owned by a hospital employee that was recorded as stolen. And so they got the pickup back to the original owner who had gone and bought a new pickup and was able to take it back, thankfully. And I know the police chief here in town, it's a small town and I've been here over 20 years. And so the word got out quickly that the Nazarene pastor was stealing white pickups. And I don't think I'm ever going to live that story down, but they got the pickup back to the guy, and the guy in my church got his pickup back that had been sitting in the parking lot for that whole week. And anyway, we got all the pickups back to the right people, but now in town I have a reputation of being the pastor that you don't want to give the keys to of your car or your pickup because I'll probably take the wrong one. I can't help it if the keys started the wrong truck. But anyway, that's the story. <laughs> So the difference between us as pastors, my brother-in-law is a felon, and I'm not. <laughs> so you see, he had the best of intentions. Uh, and he goes on his way for three weeks. He's just thinking he did a great thing. But the, he was on the wrong road. And, and sometimes that's what we do. We say, well, I, I'm doing this for the right reason. But it's not the intention that matters. It's the direction, is the road, is the path that you're on leading to the destination that God has for you. Now, I'm going to look at a few things uh, from Proverbs today. I'm going to give you three things that can help us stay on the road, this destination, so that we arrive at the destination God has for us. And I want to look at it illustrated in Proverbs chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there, Proverbs 7, and I'm going to read through verses 6 through 27. Now, be careful as we go through this. Don't think that this is a story about a young man and sexual temptation because that's what it's about but there's behind it the principle 
that we need to grab a hold of that applies to every area of our life. So as we dive into this, begin to ask God, Lord, where am I not connecting the dots? That I'm on this road, but I intend to go somewhere different. But the road leads somewhere that I don't want to be. So let's just dive right in. I'm going to give you three things as we go along so that we can arrive at God's destination for our lives. The first thing is this. As we read his story, we'll see this. We need to focus in our lives more on direction than we do on intention. Would you say that with me? Focus more on direction than intention. I can have the best of intentions, like my brother-in-law. I can intend to be going home to Tucson, but I'm headed to L.A. I'm going to end up in L.A. Focus more on direction. Proverbs chapter 7, here's the story, it begins. And this is a, uh, we have the commentary from Solomon here. He's kind of looking down from his balcony, from his window, and he gives us some commentary here. Y'all been watching the Olympics, right? You love it, don't you love it when somebody is a, an excellent commentator, they know the sport, maybe they've been in it, and I love that feedback, and I hate it when the commentator knows nothing about the sport. Well, unfortunately for Solomon, he knew a lot about this subject. Uh, he was an expert uh, because of his own failure in life. Proverbs 7, here he goes. He's given us the commentary. While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, one in particular who lacked common sense. Now, how does he know that they're, they're naive? Well, really, if you're here and you're young, you need to know that uh, we're all naive when we're young because to have wisdom and, and, and judgment requires time and experience. And if you're in your 50s or 40s and you think you weren't naive, you're still naive. But isn't that true? We all, um, you, you know, we, we know studies show that the reason we're like that, that we do high-risk things when we're young, is because our frontal lobe doesn't develop until about the age of 26, which gives us the part of our brain that makes judgment calls. We were uh, coming home from Oregon together as a family, and we stopped at this bridge. I uh, actually did some video there. And uh, this bridge on the Snake River is the only bridge in America where you can uh, jump uh, you know, off and parachute, what it's, it's called base jumping, and without a permit. So that's not what we were filming, but we were about done, and as I was walking away, I heard somebody scream, and then I heard this parachute open, and so we ran back down. We knew that these guys were base jumping. Last night, I said free basing, and uh, yeah, nobody corrected me until afterwards. I, I couldn't think of the word. What's funny is my wife asked me afterwards, she said, would you do that? And I said this last night. She said, would you do that? And I said, you know, if somebody would push me off the bridge, yeah, I'd, I couldn't turn down the opportunity. Um, and so afterwards, somebody said, so you said you would free base if somebody would push you into So here they were. They were base jumping. And, and this couple from Canada came up and stood beside us. And my wife, Kathy, says, everybody out there has got to be under 26. And the couple from Canada kind of looked there and said, how do you know that? And they said, she said, because their frontal lobe's not developed. That's the only way you would do that. So here they are, you know, these young guys, they're just not quite there. Now, don't, don't, don't miss the story here. Don't miss the principle, because we can still be in this at any age. Because here's what I know. For those of you who are young and you think I'm picking on you, I'm not. I know a lot of old people who still are not walking in wisdom. You don't get wise with age. That doesn't work. Um, if, I wish it were that easy. Proverbs 7, verses 8 through 9, he continues. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know what's going to happen next, do you? 
you can already see where the story's leading. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. Now here's what Solomon's teaching us. This guy's getting ready to, to choose a path. He's getting ready to choose a road, a trail that has a predictable outcome. It's like getting on I-10 West in Phoenix. You will not end up in Tucson. You're going to end up in L.A. And that's what he's teaching us. So don't miss this for your life in any other area. It may be your finances. It may be your relationships. It may be your job. It may be your education. But he's saying, look, there's a predictable outcome to this path that he's about to choose. Here's what's amazing. All of us think, well, I can get, I see that in other people's lives, but I can get on that path and I'm going to have a different outcome. That won't do, it won't destroy me. It won't hurt my life. It's like saying I can get on I-10 West in Phoenix and I'll end up in Tucson even though everybody else in the world would end up in L.A. And it doesn't work that way. God clearly marks out our paths and he says if we'll trust in him, he will direct us in our paths. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Now this young man, he's thinking this is just an isolated event. This is just... Uh, uh, one big weekend, one big party that I'm going to be at. In fact, I can imagine in his mind, uh, he's got this life soundtrack that begins to play. You know, in your life like that, where the movie, like a movie, where the soundtrack begins to play, you know? There's this moment, and he's like, maybe something like Born to be Wild playing. As he meets this woman, he's like, yeah! And Solomon is standing up there watching him, and he's going, no, the soundtrack I hear is more like Jaws. You're in trouble here, Steven Spielberg. You're, it's coming. Why? Why would he say that? Because Solomon has lived long enough, and unfortunately he's experienced enough in this area, that he connects the dots between this isn't just an event. This is a path. This is a road you're choosing. And the destination of that road, no matter who you are, is destruction. He goes on. He says to focus, so we need to focus more on direction. Number two is uh, that we need to learn from him as he goes on is we need to realize every path leads somewhere. Would you say that with me? Every path. Come on, with enthusiasm. This is my favorite group. You guys can't let me down, okay? Somebody was at last night's. They said, you know, we usually come Sunday morning, and we found out you lie because you told us that. Okay, number two. Uh, let's say it together. Realize every path leads somewhere. So let's go on. Let's read on. Uh, Proverbs 7. He says this. The woman approached him, seductively dressed, sly of heart. She was the brass, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. Again, Solomon knows from experience, uh, he's an expert, that this, this is going to be a toxic relationship. That's why one of our core values here is doing life together that we are in a group of people who love Christ and we're saying let's encourage one another because there are some things in our lives that we can't see. We're making decisions that lead to a direction, that get on a path, on a road that leads somewhere we don't want to be. And we need people in our lives to speak in our lives, to pray for us and encourage us. Uh, our life group met this week. As soon as I got home, man, we met. It was just a great time. I love being with my life group. I love being with people who care about me, pray about me, and help me, know me enough to Help me stay on the right roads. In fact, in the fall, one of the things we're going to do is uh, we're going to encourage everybody and challenge everybody at Alive to get into a life group for six weeks. I'll be doing a series called Balanced. And so all the life groups will be studying 
uh, that, and we have books for everybody, but we're going to challenge you. Get into a life group for six weeks. Just give it a try, and you'll find out those relationships will make a difference. And, and we need more life group leaders because we're getting everybody in the church. So if you'd love to lead a life group, and this is the best time to start leading a life group because we have all the everything prepared for you. Uh, we'll train you. We'll get you going. But if you want to lead a life group, we need you. Uh, we need you uh, just pouring life into people that way. Just write leader on the back of your connection card, and uh, we'll contact you this week and tell you how we're going to connect with you and help you connect with people. Love to have you do it. So we need these people in our lives. We need those relationships doing life together so that we're not just getting on roads. We're not getting on paths that lead to destruction, doing life together. Now, he also understood this young man. Solomon understands him. And we go on, verse 13, he says, She threw her arms around him, kissed him, and with a brazen look said, I've just made a peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I'm looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. Man, he's, she's making him feel so special. And this needs a little uh, a bit of interpretation here. She's, uh, a lot of times people read this and think, well, this woman's a prostitute. No, actually, what she has just said indicates to us that she's a very religious person. Here's what she's saying. I've made my peace offerings. I've been to the temple, and I have given my offerings. Here's what she does, and a lot of us do this. She's saying, I've gone and I've confessed all my sin. My, my sin bucket is empty, and I'm ready to fill it up again. And you know what? A lot of times we do the same thing. You know, uh, some of you, you're Catholic and our Catholic friends, they go to confession to do that. They go to confess and, then, and don't think we get off easy because some of you, you're that way. You're like, oh yeah, man, I, I got to get to church, man. I've just had such a tough week and I'm just confessing to God all of my sins. We just skip the priest and the booth and all that and we go right to the high priest, Jesus Christ. We confess, we confess and we think, well, we're good for the week and we get out there and we just fill up our sin bucket again because Sunday's coming next week. We take advantage of God's grace here. God empowers us to live in freedom, not to live in slavery to that. So that's what she's saying. And, and this young man, he could care less about her religious views at this point. He could care less uh, about whether or not she's got her sin bucket empty or not. That, that's not what's on his, his mind at all. He's just thinking soundtrack, born to be wild. You know? Proverbs chapter 7 He's turning up the decimals a little bit. She says this, My bed is spread with beautiful blankets with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. I perfume my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Now come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. And she goes on. It was like, in case you didn't know this, young man, let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He's taking a wallet full of money with him and won't return until later this month. She's saying, you can stay the weekend. I'll cook breakfast for you. We can watch TV, watch some movies. And he's thinking, this is going to be a great event. I wish my buddies could see me now. He doesn't realize it's not a weekend. It's not an event. It's a path that he's choosing. And this path leads to destruction. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct. He will help you to find, to choose the path that leads to life. He wants us to have the fullness of life. Jesus said that's what he came to do, that we'd be on the right road that leads to life. Direction, not intention. 
determines your destination. I promise you, I-10 West will always end up in L.A. from Phoenix. If you're headed to Tucson, you've got to get on I-10 East. And it's not just the decision as you're driving along the road and saying, well, I better decide that this isn't going to work out. No, it's a matter of getting on a different path. You're headed east. The third thing that we learn from this uh, story as we dig into this uh, path principle as we look at Destination 356, we need to, number three, remember direction always trumps intention. Say that with me out loud with enthusiasm. Direction always trumps intentions. Solomon's commentary continues, verse 21. She seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once. Would you read it with me? Like an ox going to the slaughter. He's thinking, I'm a rock star. I wish my friends could see me now. And Solomon's saying, no, you don't understand. You've just got on a path. You just got on a road, a trail. that's going to lead you like an ox to the slaughter. And he goes on, he says, as if, you, as if you, you don't get this, you need to understand it. He goes on, he gives us more description. He says, he was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow that would what? Pierce its heart. Just an event. It's just a weekend. It's just a date. No, it's a direction. He was like a bird flying into a snare, Solomon says, little knowing that this would cost him his life. What, this one event? No, this path. This direction. Solomon's point is this young man is throwing his life away. Solomon, you kind of sound like dad and mom. It's just a date. It's just this one weekend. You, you're old. You don't know anything about passion. No, Solomon. Solomon understood. This was a path that led to destruction and direction. Always trumps intention. Now Solomon does a switch here, and instead of commentating the story anymore, he kind of speaks to us, his broader audience. He goes on. He says, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward. What's it say? Path. It's a path. For she's been the ruin of many, many men. Many have become her victims. This is a well-worn path. It has a predictable outcome. You are going to become a dead man walking. And he drives home the point. He says this, Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. Some of your versions say it's the highway to hell. I think that's where ACDC got this song. <laughs> it's a road. It's not just an event. It's not just a day. It's just not, it, not just a weekend. It's a road. It's a path. It's a direction. And it's not unique to this guy. Here's what's amazing to us, to me. As we look at other people, we all of us have friends in our lives or family members, sons, daughters, parents, who end up in the, the, the destination of destruction, and we go, I knew that was going to happen to them. How did you know that? Because you saw in their life, and you understand this principle, whether you apply it to your life or not, but you saw that they were on a path, a road, that you knew if they keep living that out, it leads to destruction. And you're not surprised at all. But when it comes to our own lives, we don't connect those dots. We get on these roads, these highways, these paths, and we think, I'm unique. It won't end there for me. 
but direction always trumps intention. Single woman. She says, I want to marry a godly man. And then she goes on to just go out with whoever asks her out that's cute. It's a path. Single man says, you know what? When I get married, I want to have a great sex life. And he goes on to practice with everybody he dates with. It's a path. A married woman says, I want to have a great relationship with my husband. But she puts her kids above her husband all the time. It's a direction. It's a path. Husband says, I want my kids to respect me as they grow up. And yet he flirts with other women openly in front of them. It's a path. Leads to destination. Young Christian says, I want to have a deep relationship with God. But they wake up every morning and the first thing they do is turn on the news instead of getting the word. Young couple says, we want to live in financial security. We're going to start a marriage that way. But they choose a lifestyle that depends on debt and leveraging their assets. It's a path. Newlyweds, they're determined to, we want to raise our kids up to love Jesus Christ and to follow him. But they choose every weekend to skip church and go to the lake. High school student says, you know what? I want to get a great college education. I want to choose a great college. I need a good GPA to do that. But they put their studies aside. It's a path. It's a direction. Great intention, wrong direction. Now, while it's amazing, we know people that do that all the time. We're like, yeah, that's so obvious. My question for you today is, where are you not connecting the dots? Where you say, I want to live here. I want to end up at this destination in my marriage, in my spiritual life, in my finances, my job, my career. But really, you're on a path that's going the other direction. And you think you're unique. I, th I think I can do this without doing that. I think I can reach that destination without or by doing this, even though that's not what God says to do. You're not unique. You're going to end up at that destination. And then we'll blame God and say, God, why did you let me end up here? And God's going, I tried to tell you. It's in my word. Trust in me to all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge me in all your ways, and I will. I'll, I'll lead you in the right path that will help you to arrive at the destination. I asked you earlier, uh, some of you, when... Uh, best story about being lost. Anybody here ever been lost? Okay. A few of you are willing to admit it now. I asked the same question. Somebody said, I was headed for the first time to my girlfriend's house in the country and ended up in, a mu in mud, stuck in the mud in a cotton field. Took the wrong unmarked dirt road. Ah, I wonder if he married the girlfriend or ever dated her. Uh, it might have been a blessing for her, too, you know. Um, I once took my family halfway to Benson. Uh, for those of you who aren't from Tucson, that's a town close by here uh, to the east of us off I-10. Instead of home from the airport. That's pretty bad if you were trying to come to Tucson, isn't it? Uh, I once spent over an hour looking for a student union at the U of A only to find out it was two blocks from where I started. Oh, that's, listen, you guys have some grace and mercy. That's, oh, that's funny. Um, I was totally lost when I was an atheist. Here we go, spiritual journey. For the first time ever, I prayed to God for guidance. 
when I didn't know what to do, and when he answered, there was no denying that it was him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Let me give you one more here. There's some I can't read, but uh, for time's sake. My sister and I were trying to find our new house for the first time at night. Oh, sure. Blame the night. They set it up here. They've had a good excuse already, right? Uh, we took a wrong turn and ended up turning around in a church parking lot, suspecting we were up to no good. The police pulled us over. They even made us get out of the car, walk a line, the whole bit. <laughs> That's what happens when you go to the right wrong church, you know? I mean, here's what I want you to do, and I put it in your notes today. Would you prayerfully ask, God, are there disconnects in my life? In other words, are there misalignments between good intentions in your life and direction? Because the path principle from Proverbs chapter 3 is operating in your life every day. In your marriage, your dating life, in your finances, there are predictable outcomes that God shows us. It's an operation your spiritual journey. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Take out your connection card. And on the back, there's our next steps. It says, my next steps this week. 